then it gets a little bit more real. And then with time, the routine starts becoming the new routine, which you kind of forget a little bit of what it was before she got there, to the point where I really don't remember how it was before she got there. So how did the idea of fostering or adoption become something you actively pursued? So I personally, um, it wasn't talked about much in our family. It wasn't anything in our culture that was a big deal. So I didn't have too much experience with it, and it wasn't really on my mind or my radar. Um, And I think the only time Mike and I even talked about adoption was when we were talking about kids. Do we even want kids before we got married? And it was pretty much, if I'm not fertile myrtle, we're going to adopt And that was the end of that conversation um, until he talked to me about it. And my initial response really wasn't a positive one because I kind of wanted a biological third. So after he mentioned it, um, I kind of had to just retract my thoughts and say, okay, I need to pray about it and think about it Um, because it was around the holidays and I was focused on that. So... um, after I prayed about it, thought about it, I knew that it really wasn't coming from Mike. It was more of a God thing because he's very relaxed, very just comfortable. And it is something that he's not a risk taker and neither am I. So um, it really was just out of obedience for me. It wasn't anything that I was joyous about or had some kind of heart for. Um, it was nothing fancy like that, unfortunate, uh, but it was just something that made a lot of sense when he approached me about it, and um, I wasn't going to say no to God. And so we per- we just went with it and said, okay, so we're going to be obedient, and we're going to do this, and that was about it. And so walking in, it, it's one thing to be obedient and to say, okay, I'm going to do it, but you still have fears about it. Oh, so- sure. Tell me what your biggest fear walking into it was. Um, the unknown. I am a big planner. Um, <laughs> I need to know where things are going, you know, how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, um, what's plan A, what's plan B. Um, I have plans for the plans just in case the plans fail. So I'm that kind of person. And um, so just not having control uh, was huge and scary and completely out of my comfort zone, 100%. Um, So just the unknown and waiting, um, the anticipation, uh, having to be dependent on everybody. Um, But it was a good thing now that I look at it because it really taught me to, it tested me on, am I really dependent on God? You know, is it, you really have to be completely dependent on him. Um, And once you kind of get to that mindset, it's almost like that, the fear doesn't go away, but it's easier to um, just have a different perspective about the process. So how are you different than in the beginning? You'd mentioned that you're a planner, um, you, you need plans for your plans. (laughs) So 
when you when you step into fostering and adopting, that's probably the first thing that disappears. It's like your plans for your plans, mm-hmm. and then the social worker laughs at that and says, "You have no plans. This is kind of where we're at, and I have no more information for you." And with the phone call, you have to say yes or no. And so, sure. how did you transition from being a planner to just being unknown? I don't know if it was a quick transition. It uh, it definitely was not quick. Um, And every time the phone would call, I didn't want to say yes. I found any reason to maybe say no or, um, but I think you just kind of get to a point where you have to stop hearing that negative thought in your mind and you just kind of have to talk to yourself a little bit more. So just talking more of God's words, God's promises, um, positive things, or um, just changing that perspective is what made it different. And so if someone could not do that, or maybe that's their greatest fear is um, maybe not necessarily the unknown, but you know, loving someone and trying to get attached and then having that child maybe um, taken from them or, you know, kind of the best case scenario is that you're you're a foster parent for a bit and then you, that child goes back to their um, biological parent Mm -hmm. um, into the county, into the social worker. And and I guess overall the health of the child that may or may not be the best thing. But when you're on the other end and that's a possibility for you, when you have your hopes set on like how, how can a child come to your home and then you, you know, choose not to love them or not to get attached? Like how can you provide the best care um, when you're doing that? And so if someone came along and said, that's not me, like I, 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 I just get attached and I can't, you know, good on you. I'm glad you could do it. Um, how do you push back on someone like that and saying, okay, well, it's not necessarily good on me. I, that's probably a fear. Maybe that is a fear uh, that I had walking into it, but how do you encourage them to get past that, um, that common fear that most people have? Um, I think it's again, just your, why are you doing it is really the question. Are you doing it for your own self? Are you doing it? Um, for your benefit? Is it about you? Is it about, you know, how you're feeling? Um, because if you really focus just on the actual kiddo, you're going to do anything in your power for that child, regardless of your fears, regardless of your emotions. Um, you know, just not making those fears a priority and making that child a priority. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so when you got K, um, how, how did that, how did that even work out? Did you, did you guys just get a call for her? Uh, was it within your criteria? Was it something that you, um, fit right away or was it something that you guys had to, you know, debrief on whether or not this would be a good fit? Um, no, she was a perfect fit. Honest, um, we had just started our business. So of course that's when we get the call because up until that point, 
you know, we didn't get too many calls or it was um, just out of our age range or out of the county. Um, and with both of us working, um, it'd be a little bit difficult for, um, unfortunately, the other kiddos we had to say no to. But this one, there was there was nothing that we can say that would make us say no. And um, it, it, it just was easy um, to say yes. Once you guys said yes and, and you brought her home, what then kind of was, um, because you have biological kids. Yes. Right. You give birth, you bring this child in, infant, you know, this child came from you, you're there. What are you experiencing maybe that first night that you're, oh, she's here? Uh, well, by this point, we were past the diapers or past the baby stage. Um, it was like starting all over again. Um, and it felt like you were starting all over again as a different parent. Um, because, you know, you have your biological kid, like you were saying. Um, you carry this child. This child knows you. You know them. Um, so when she came home, it was kind of like, okay, I need to look at my Pinterest notes to see, you know, how much does she eat? I forget this age. I forget, um, you know, what is her routine? What is her, um, what suits her um, and things like that. So just, it was hard to get to know her and her to get to know us. Um, so, but she quickly adjusted and I think by the second week, she's walking around the house like she owns the place. She's playing with the dog. She's, I I don't know. We were really blessed. And I don't know if it's because of all the different fears we had, the type of people we are. Um, needless to say, she was never really the problem. I think it was more us and our adjustment and us changing because it changes you and it makes you look at yourself and you have to kind of deal with, you know, um, just who you are and who you're trying to be for God. And, um, yeah. Did you have ex expectations? Like, okay, when she comes, I'm going to feel this way. When I see her, I'm going to feel this way. And this is what's going to happen. And if it doesn't by this time, um, like unpack kind of, where your heart was when she came before she came, when she has, when she came and then what, how did you navigate like almost your love for her? Mm -hmm. How did that, how did that develop? Um, the feelings, the feelings developed later on. Um, I think we were very much into the, okay, we are, we are doing this. These are the steps. This is what we have to do. Um, we weren't necessarily feeling connected. Sometimes it kind of felt like we were babysitting um, for a little bit. So we were concerned because, you know, you think that you're just going to be in love and which for, for us, it didn't happen in that way. Um, but we knew we loved her, which is weird. Um, I, I don't know how to explain it, but um, I think just... Once we saw her personality, she connected with us in a different way. She starts calling you mom. She starts calling you dad. Um, then it gets a little bit more real. And then with time, the routine starts becoming the new routine, which you kind of forget a little bit of what it was before she got there to the point where I really don't remember how it was before she got there. <laughs> um, 
I think just time adjustment. Um, and right now, I wouldn't give her up for the world. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad that you said that because I think uh, some of the expectations of some people fostering or adopt- adopting is when they see this child, it's going to be Im- immediate love and I'm head over heels for this child. And that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. That might even be the rarity. Um, but as you, like you said, as you develop the routine and as you get to know this person, um, and, and, you know, she starts calling you mom and, you know, Mike, dad, things just start naturally progressing almost like mm-hmm. a snowball. Like, all right, we're, we're getting into the groove here. And, um, and then all of a sudden you don't really know what it's like before her. Right. Uh, it's something so almost magical that happens. Like, and I've, you can't really explain it. And, and that's probably part of the fear that a lot of people have is like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to love a child that mm-hmm. um, is not mine biologically. And maybe sure. you won't at first. And is that, is that wrong? You know, is that, that's okay. You maybe you don't feel the love, but you're in this to develop a relationship. And, and, you know, once relationships happen, you know, the feelings of love, you know, they, they develop. Um, so when your kids grow up, what do you want <laughs> them to say about you? About me? Oh, my. Well, they already know that they are number three on my priority list. So we make sure that I let them know that God is number one, Mike is number two, and they're number three. Um, but I really just want them to kind of remember um, the hard work that I've put into them um, by my actions mainly. Um, I'm not much of a words person, so I want them to know that I walked the walk and I didn't just say things and kind of didn't follow through. Um, but mainly just them being confident and saying we were priority number three, but she made us feel like priority number one. Um, and that I was committed to God, to Mike and to them. That's it. That's all I care about really. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Did you have a favorite quote or any type of motivational saying that, um, you want to share? Sure. Um, I don't remember where I heard this Bible verse or when, but, um, since I want to say middle school or beginning of high school, um, it's kind of been my, what I go to. It's always in my mind and it's from Colossians 3, 23 to 24. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Um, and just back to adopting and my reasoning for adoption was um and just a obedience to him and in everything that I do, including adoption, it's going to be to the best of my ability. Um, and that's kind of how I've been, you know, living my life, whether it's at work, um, church, the food that I don't really make very well, I'll do it to the best of my ability, anything that um, I do. And yeah, so get in there and just do it really be bold and be courageous and be strong. Cool. 
I want to circle back on a couple of things that you said. Um, one was uh, the unknown part and being obedient, being obedient essentially into the unknown. Did you find that some of the more meaningful times in your life, uh, aside from adoption, or it could be the adoption, um, has taken that same path, like being obedient into something unknown? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has. And the sad part is, is I, I kind of forget God seeing us through those times. And then once you go through it again and you're obedient to God, you kind of just trust, fully trust in him. Then you see him do these miracles. Um, and it's, you, you see it on a day to day, you see it in big things. Uh, but for some reason it's kind of a hard, lesson to learn. Um, because we want to be in control. I mean, I know I do. And to just give that up completely is, is scary. Whenever you step into the unknown, being obedient, there's a crisis. There's like, man, my whole body and my mind says, don't step into this like abyss. But if God's asking me to do this, you still have the choice. Should I do it or should I not? And I felt like... um Fostering adoption is very similar to that. Like, I feel obedient that I should be doing this, but there's like, there's a lot of blank space, and I don't, don't know if it's the right thing. And and quite often, you don't have a lightning bolt going or a mm-hmm. big arrow saying, "Yeah, go for it. I, I've, I'm going to take care of this." You just have these inklings that I'm pretty sure God wants me to do this, and so, um, I guess all that just to say that we do have to remember like these, these different crises that we have in our faith and how, if we can break through that wall, um, but God does something really amazing, Mm -hmm. some, some great things. And so how do, you know, how, how do we encourage others to break through that wall? Um, because, it is true about our faith, not just in adoption, but just in the Christian walk. Like, if you can get through these dark times, like, something will happen. You know, something will. God will show up mightily in a way that you you have not expected. I can, you know, tell you my experience all day long and tell you all these great things, um, but if you truly don't believe it and really test yourself, um, you're not going to grow. And if you continue stepping into the unknown and being courageous and you're gonna grow in your faith and you're gonna do bigger things